Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Man, the Vikings get flexed to a 325 game, and second service fills up with the people sleeping in. So we are just so good to, so glad to have you here today. Um, like he said, my name is Tyler, and my computer's not working with me. There we go. My name is Tyler, and, uh, and I'm just, I'm, uh, super excited to be with you. Uh, Pastor Derek called me a couple weeks ago, and he said, hey, will you come, um, and share with our church? Um, about kind of what you're doing and, and also preach for me because I would like to be hunting on that day. And I said, that's fine. I'll, I'll help you out. Um, and then I got this great sermon. I started to prep. And then a couple days later, he's like, and here's the topic I want you to speak on. I was like, Oh, okay. Got it. But, um, he also wanted me to share just a little bit about, uh, our journey and what's going on with us. Um, and so, uh, this is a picture of my family. Um, my wife, Sephra, is right, she's sitting right down here. I love her. She's amazing. And then, and then they got raptured. And so, see you later, guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, and so that our five-year-old is, is Atlas, um, our three-year-old Phoebe, and then our nine-month-old, um, that is Zuri. She's almost ten months. Holy cow. Uh, time flies with that. But, man, they're just an incredible um, family. I'm so blessed to, to have them in my life. And so, uh, the, for the past five years, five and a half years, I was the youth pastor at Bridgeview Church um, in Big Lake. And so some of you may know what that is. And I, I kind of made the joke in first service that I started at, you know, Bridgeview. Now I finally made it to the bridge. And then I think God's going to, like, move us forward, like, into what he has for us, right? Um, we just used to be able to see it, but now we're here. Um, so, no, I'm just kidding. Um, that has nothing to do with anything. But... Uh, Five, yeah, for the past five and a half years, I've been the youth pastor at Bridgeview Church in Big Lake. And then about January time, um, God just started to stir us in our hearts. And he said, hey, your time in youth ministry is coming to a close. And I said, what? <laughs> like, we are not ready for that. Um, and through a lot of series of events, um, the Lord has called us to plant a church in St. Joseph, Minnesota, which we're really excited about. Um, and that's just right outside of St. Cloud, and, and I want to kind of share that with you uh, in a minute, but um, my, I still love youth ministry. Where are all my teens at? Like, wait a minute. Yeah, you guys, who's who's hyped for MYC? Yeah? Oh, dude, I, I'm I'm not going to go this year, and it's like kind of sad. Like, I don't, yeah, it's weird for me to miss it, but MYC's, God's going to do big stuff. God called me into ministry when I was at youth camp. Um, and so like for the big events, like they matter because they're special times where students can hear from God. And if like any of you have like given to help scholarship students, you might be changing somebody's story forever. So thank you for those of you that give to scholarship funds and things like that. It makes a huge difference. Um, and so he didn't tell me to say that, uh, or anything like that. Um, but it's just, it's so true. Okay. So St. Joseph, what is God doing in St. Joseph? Um, St. Joseph is a town just west of St. Cloud, and we have this opportunity in the church that we're planting to reach the town of St. Joe and some of the surrounding towns like Avon and Waite Park and parts of Sartell and that kind, and even West St. Cloud. And so there's an awesome opportunity there. And I want to introduce you a little bit to the town. Uh, they have this next picture up here. So St. Joe's is an awesome place. Um, it's got 7,000 people. 
in it, like permanent residence. But there's also two colleges in town, College of St. Ben's and College of St. John, or, uh, St. John University. And at those two colleges, there's, uh, 3,000 people, uh, additional students that live in town. Uh, they come in for the school year. Um, and so it's just an incredible community. And so there's 10,000 people that live there. And for us, we believe this, that God, that each and every one of those people is a reason for us to start a church. God has given us 10,000 reasons to start a church in that community. And if you look at um, the demographics of, of St. Joseph as a town of 10,000 people, there's actually only two churches that exist in the entire town. One of them is the Catholic Church and one of them is the Lutheran Church. And those churches are awesome, but unless they're each running 5,000 people a Sunday, right, there's opportunity for growth, right? There's opportunity for us to reach people with the life-changing gospel of Jesus. And we're, that's what we believe God's called us to do. We believe that every person deserves a chance to have a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And there's 10,000 reasons to start this church, but we know this, that each individual person, each individual story matters. And I want to share with you just a story of a student named uh, Jackson. So Jackson is one of the guys that's excited and he's hyped and he's going to be a part of our church when we launch it. But Jackson grew up in the Catholic uh, church and he had a good experience there. Um, he, he, that's where he met the Lord and he's, he was growing his faith, but he got to a point for him where his faith stagnated and he, he couldn't grow anymore and he was having trouble. He's like, I want to get deeper in my relationship with God, but I just don't know how to do this. And one Sunday morning, a friend of his invited him to go to the church called the Waters Church in Sartell. It's very similar to this church. Uh, it's a great, great church where people can experience God deeply and, and all those things. And Jackson said he walked in the door and God just wrecked him. He said, I never knew that church could feel like this. I never knew that I could experience God this deeply. I never knew that my faith could be so real. He, he went there and, and he went home right that afternoon and called his parents. He goes, Barry, you gotta come check this church out. It's life changing. Like he got so excited and he's growing in his faith like never before because he had a church where he could experience God deeply. What I love about that story is I believe that in the town of St. Joseph, there's 10,000 Jacksons that are waiting. You see, for Jackson to go to this church in Sartell, he had to drive 20, 25 minutes to get there. But we believe that God has called us to put a healthy, life-giving church in this in the town of St. Joe. And if people are growing where they're at, fantastic, awesome, we'll cheer that on. But we know that there are people that, that need a healthy, life-giving church. So we're going to bring that to the town of St. Joseph because we want, we believe that God's going to give us hundreds and maybe hopefully thousands of Jacksons, right, that experience him deeply. And so here's the kind of church that we want to start. We want a church, like I said, where people experience God deeper than they ever thought possible. We also want a church where they can build the best friendships of their entire life because discipleship and growth happens like in community, doesn't it, right? And then the third thing is that we want a church where people can cultivate growth like never before. We want them to discover the gifts, the talents, the skills that God has given them and the purpose and destiny that God has for them. We want them to grow in that. And then we want to release these Christ followers to change the world, both in our local community and around the world globally through missions. And so we're really excited about this. Um, we're looking to launch this February is when we're going to start holding services. We're going to do what's called a soft launch 
you know, get all of our systems up and running and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll do a grand opening in September. So this is coming really fast. And I, and I cannot believe I haven't mentioned this at this point. You as a church have, have supported us. So I shared this vision with Pastor Derek and he said, we want to get behind this. So you and your church board have already given to us. So you guys are a part of this story. And we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to you here at this church for, for believing and investing in us. You are, you are a part of the next Jackson story because of what you've given. And that's so incredible. We're so, we're so thrilled about that. So here's, here's the ways that you can get involved. Um, I got kind of three ways. Number one is, is prayer. I mean, you know, prayer changes things. It does. It does. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you clapped for that because we're talking about prayer today. So that's good. So you're on board. That's what I'm preaching about. But, but man, prayer changes things. And we need people that are willing to pray. I'll, I'll share a quick story and I, I, I'll steal this from my message. Um, as we've been planting this and trying to get to know people in the community, uh, I was really trying to get to know some small business owners because in St. Joseph, it's a huge deal. And I just wasn't having very much luck with it. And I was trying and trying and trying. And then one day I just went out and I decided to have a prayer walk. I spent 20 minutes walking around the city just praying. And that day, okay, I went from zero to meeting four business owners that day, okay, including the one that kind of, that kind of manages what would be their chamber of commerce that knows all. So like all of a sudden I have all of these networks, all of these connections that I've made in one day because I spent 20 minutes praying. And it was a huge reminder to me that I can do all the plans and, and do all the strategies and all those things, and they're all good, but it, it takes prayer, right? Because when we pray, God steps in and he starts to open doors. And so we need people, not just us, we need people all around the state that are saying, I'm going to pray because I'm going to believe that there are 10,000 people in St. Joe that need my prayers, that need a church there, and that need God to move. And so we need people that would be willing to say, I'm going to pray for you guys. Number two, we need people that are willing to give. It takes a lot of finances to start a church. There's a lot of things we got to purchase, equipment, that kind of stuff. Um, and you as a church have given. Um, and so we thank you for that. If if any of you as we're speaking on an individual level, you say, man, my heart is being stirred and I would like to give to that additionally or I'd like to you know give monthly to that for the next couple of years as you get up and running. We'd love to talk to you about that. We recognize that giving is not, God has not called everybody to give and that's into this. That's okay, right? Um, and so there's no pressure involved, but if you'd like to give, we would love to talk to, talk to you about that afterwards. And then lastly, connect. If you have any connections in St. Joe, any people that, or that area, any people that need to know about this church that we should get in contact with, please come share it with us so that we can make the connections in that, in that, uh, in that community and help people find a church where they can grow in the Lord like never before. So, so thank you so much, um, for being a part of this already through, uh, as a church, and we're excited for what God is doing in the future. So, cool. That's it. That's my spiel. That's what God's doing in St. Joe, and we're excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get rolling this morning. Um, can I just share one dad joke with you as we get rolling? Is that okay? Okay. Um, this I didn't do this in first service, but what is the, do you know what the leading cause of dry skin in America is? towels okay anyway i'm sorry all you dads in the room you can you can like share that with your kids and get that delicious eye roll that you've been like you know waiting for all week long right is there anything better when you just tell your kids a corny joke and they're like oh dad or whatever anyway um so today 
we're talk we're going to talk about prayer. Um, we're going to talk about prayer. Pastor Derek, when he reached out to me, he said, "Hey, we're in the middle of a series on spiritual disciplines, and I would like you to talk about the idea of prayer." Um, and I thought, "Wow, that's awesome!" As there's so much that we can say about that. And I want to start with just kind of a funny little story, uh, and then we'll kind of really dig into it. Um, and so this is, I, I found this on the internet. I think it's awesome. It said, a woman invited some people over for dinner. At the table, she turned to her six-year-old daughter and said, would you like to say the blessing? The girl replied, I wouldn't know what to say. The mom, you know, in her loving way, put her arm around her daughter and said, just say what you heard mommy say. And so the, the daughter bowed her head and said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all of these people to dinner? <laughs> right? And I love that. Maybe your prayer life is like that. Maybe your prayer life's a little deeper. But today, I want us to talk about prayer. And on one hand, like, this is like an easy topic, right? When Pastor Derek said, hey, let's talk about prayer. I was like, yes, every, I don't have to sell you on the idea of prayer. You, you know, there's probably not anyone that's like, that's like, hey, you know that prayer thing? I don't think, I'm not into that. You know, that hasn't really worked for the last 2,000 years, right? That, that That's probably not going to be the case. But so it, in that sense, it's an easy topic. On the other hand, like prayer is a difficult topic because there's so much that we could say about it, right? We could do a whole sermon series on prayer. And, and I don't want to keep you guys that late in the day. So I think we're going to focus this in on, on one kind of thing that the Lord, that the Lord uh, really brought forward to me, and it's this idea, is that prayer is a blessing, not a burden. Prayer is a blessing, not a burden. And I don't know where you're at in your life when it comes to prayer. I don't know if you feel like your prayer life is stagnated, if you feel like your prayer life is difficult, if you feel like it's it's kind of empty because maybe the only time you pray is before meals or when you need something. Right? Or, or maybe you're, you are trying hard and it just feels like you can't connect. Like, I don't know where you're at this morning. But if, if all you get out of today's sermon is one thing, it's that. It's that prayer is a blessing, not a burden. And I believe that that's what God wants to share with us today. And he wants to make this very clear um, to us. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read um, kind of Jesus' words on, Jesus's words on prayer from Matthew chapter 6. Nice. Thank you. Yes. We should, we should cheer for the word. I love that. I love that. When you, and this is what Jesus said. I, I didn't make this up. Jesus said this actually. So <laughs> Matthew chapter six, starting in verse five. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers will be answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Pray like this, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And do not lead us to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Lord, I thank you, God, for what you want to speak to us today. I pray that you would anoint my words. God, help me to communicate and share 
the truth of your of your word, God, and help us all to be able to hear what you want to say to us. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds, God, to what you want to say today in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's just jump right in. Point number one is this, is that prayer is not a performance. Prayer is not a performance. You see, Jesus right away steps in and he asserts this idea. He says, prayer is not a performance. And in verse five, it says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. You know, back in that time, they they used prayer almost as a status symbol, right? Like they would go around and, and they would try to say the fanciest prayers or the loudest prayers. They'd even do it on the street corners. Now, that wouldn't hit very well in 2023, would it? Like, could you imagine, like, you're just, like, driving down the road and in the middle of the street, someone's like, Dear Lord, thank you for your glorious goodness. And you're just like, get out of the crosswalk. I'm trying to get to work, right? We don't think, we don't think that way very often about prayer, but that's what was happening with them. And then in verse 7, it says, When you pray, don't babble on and on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. You see, Jesus starts with this idea that prayer isn't a performance, right? They were doing, they were doing all these different things. They were trying to say fancy words. They were putting on a show. They were, they were praying for a long amount of time, repeating the same thing over and over and over just to do whatever they could to get their God, to get God or their gods to hear them. And when they asked Jesus about prayer, this is what he starts with. And I think that, like, the idea of prayer not being a performance, I think is something we all get, right? We all understand that. Like if I were to say prayer is not a performance, you're like, duh, I already knew that. Thank you very much. Like that's, that's not the point of prayer. But if we stop and really think about this, I think somewhere deep inside us, we can kind of fall for this idea that prayer is a performance, right? And if, if you don't believe me, like one example of that is I've heard a lot of people say this before. They say, I'm not a good prayer, right? I'm not good at praying. And I'm like, what, what does that even mean? Like, or, or you have other people that say this, maybe they'll say, I, sh- I just really struggle in my prayer time because I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Right. And the ultimate example of this is if you get a bunch of people together, like next time you get a bunch, a group of people together, just try to get somebody to pray for the meal. Right. Right. You say like, okay, who wants to pray for the meal? And everyone's like, Oh, no, we got contact. <laughs> like, or even, you be, we can even be like in a prayer time in small group and like, okay, who wants to pray? And like, not me, <laughs> right? We can fall into this idea that prayer is some kind of performance. But prayer was never meant to be a performance or a duty or an obligation. It's not a show. And there's so many ways that we can kind of fall into this trap, right? Like prayer is not like a performance where we go to impress others or impress God with our fancy words or praying these right-sounding, high, lofty ideas. And sometimes, like as silly as that sounds, sometimes that can hold us back from praying because we're like, oh, I don't know the right words to say, right? Prayer is not prayer is not a performance in the sense that, like, it's a checklist that every time I pray or however long I pray, like, I can add another check to the list. And this angry God up in heaven who's just waiting for me to mess up, I can show him my checklist and say, God, look at all these times I prayed. Look at this performance I put on for you. I hope you don't get angry at me, right? Or sometimes we can think about prayer 
as kind of like a tool for manipulating God, where we're saying, like, if I just say the right things, or if I just pray long enough, or if I just pray loud enough, or do these things, then God will answer my prayer and give me what I want. You know, and and we can almost get to this idea of thinking of God as a vending machine, or as a math formula, where if I just put in the right prayer, I'll get the desired result. Right? Or even, even this, like, prayer was never meant to be a badge of honor that we wear to increase our spiritual status with others or with God. It's none of those things. And But here's the truth is that I think sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, a little bit of those lies can kind of seep into our mind. We can find ourselves in those places where we're praying and, and it feels like a performance. It feels like, I, oh, I have to live up to this certain level of prayer in some way, shape, or form. But when we think of prayer as a performance, prayer becomes a duty instead of a delight. And that's why Jesus leads off right away. He says this prayer is not a performance. It's not something that you have to do to like muster up the spiritual thing or to get get God to like actually love you. No, Jesus is saying that prayer is not meant to be a duty. Right? When prayer becomes something we should or ought to do so that we can get a desired result, it becomes a burden really, really fast. And God's never called us to live that way. When we when we think about prayer in that, that aspect, prayer becomes about the results instead of the relationship. And I know there's times in my life where I've gotten really frustrated with my prayer life because I'm not getting the results that I want. And I'm totally missing out on the relationship that God wants to have with me. When we start to think of prayer that way as a performance or as a show or as a duty or obligation, what happens real fast is, like, at worst, it becomes this massive burden to us where it's like, oh, it feels heavy, and it's like, oh, I need to pray. Or at best, it becomes like a business transaction between us and God. But no no healthy relationship is transactional, right? Like, imagine, like, with my wife, if I was like, hey, you didn't, like, talk to me enough or didn't say the right words to me, so I'm just going to ignore you all day, right? <laughs> like, that sounds so ridiculous when I say it in those terms, but a lot of times we can put, like, we almost put that kind of idea on God. Like, God's looking at us with the same thing. Like, oh, if you didn't pray enough or if you didn't pray the right way, I'm just going to be mad and upset at you. And Jesus undermines all that and says, no, no, no. Prayer is not a performance. God isn't concerned with your performance. He just wants your heart. So let me ask you this question. What do you think God wants out of your prayer life? What do you think God wants out of your prayer life? And I think that's an important question to ask. Because it reveals a lot about what we think about God and what we think about what he wants from us. Because here's the, here's the truth is that your perspective of God will dictate the health of your prayer life. If you think God is an angry, vindictive, like, like God that's just waiting to be disappointed with you, your prayer life is going to feel like a burden. But if you understand that he's a loving father that wants to be with you, your prayer life is going to become a massive blessing in your life. Prayer is not performance and jesus wanted to free his followers from that mindset that prayer is a performance or a show and so instead he paints a beautiful picture of what it can be let's move let's look back at the scripture and see what that is in verse matthew 6 verse 5 it says this it says when you pray don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them i tell you the truth that is all the reward they will ever get But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. Man, so Jesus here, he paints 
this incredible picture, right? He, he contrasts prayer as a performance with this idea of prayer as a relational connection with God. And that's our second point today is this, is prayer is relational. Now, for us to truly understand this, we have to stop and think about the amazing power behind Jesus' words. Because he starts out and he says this, he says, but when you pray, right? And we, we should pause right there. Because I think, I know in my life, I miss the power of that statement. Like the fact that prayer is an option for us is amazing when you stop and think about it. But it's so accessible. It's, it's so like easy for us to do that. We can take it for granted. But do you recognize that the, that the loving almighty God of the universe cares about you enough that he's made himself available to you 24 seven? Like all we have to do is pray and we have access to God. And it doesn't matter how broken or messed up or, or whatever we are, like God has made himself available to us. That is staggering. It's mind-blowing. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 5. It says this. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right with in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored through the death or by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Wow. Wow. Like, whoa. Like, I, it's so, I feel like sometimes we say that so when we know that so much that like we lose the power of that. God himself is available to you 24-7 through prayer. But Jesus takes it a step further. He says, when you pray, he says, pray to your father. That Jesus frames prayer in, in the, as a relationship between a father lovingly engaging with his children. That's the, that's the picture that Jesus paints for prayer for us. Like, how incredible is that? That God would love us so much that he would not only make himself available to us, but that he would reach out to us in love as a father, as a perfect father would reach out to his child in love. See, prayer is relational connection with a God who is our perfect loving father. And when we realize that, when we recognize that, all of a sudden prayer stops being about the results and starts being about the relationship. It's, it's no more, I need God to do this thing for me, and if he does, check. If not, X, and I'll come back and, and whine about it again, right? Like, no, that's not what, what's happening. When we, when we enter into prayer, we're entering into relationship with our loving Father who's the almighty king of the universe. We have to get this. We have to understand that God wants to be with us and invites us through prayer to connect with him. He creates this amazing spot for us to have relational communication with him where we can share heart, where we can talk about life, where we can give him our struggles, where we can pray for our friends, where we can, where we can affect real change because he moves on our behalf. It's amazing what God does. This means that prayer is an incredible opportunity for us to have relational connection with God. And why wouldn't I want that all the time? So let me ask you this. How do you view prayer? 
Is it a delight or is it a duty to you? When we understand who God is, it becomes a delight. Last point is this, is prayer is powerful. If we really understand who we're praying to, then we understand that prayer is powerful, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that, like, I'm very practical-oriented, um, practical in air quotes. And so, like, a lot of times, my prayer life will get pushed to the back because I got stuff to do. Like, Lord, I'll pray about that after I'm done dealing with it, right? I got things to do. I got stuff to do. I got, I got people to reach. I got places to minister to. And we get so caught up in the practical. I love what Martin Luther said. He said this. He said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer today. Because he recognized this. If the God that I'm praying to really is the God of the universe, who loves me, who's in control, who's powerful, who perfectly knows how things should go, and then I go and I step into a relational connection with him, that changes me, but then God also opens the door for me to make requests and he changes the environment. The most practical thing I can do is prayer. Like so often prayer is not a priority because we don't think it's practical. But it's the most practical thing we should do. At the church that it, that we're planting through, they have a saying and they say this. They say, at this church we pray first. It was so challenging to me when I first started there. Because so I was like, God, like so often I, I step out first. All right, I go, I got to take care of this first. And God is saying, no, 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 pray first. And in that story I shared when I was talking about St. Joseph, I was originally going to share it right here because God opens doors when we pray. Do you need change in your life? Do you need like better marriage? Start praying. Do you need like your kids to come back to Jesus? Start praying. Do you need your, your job situation to change? Start praying. Do you need like the city of like, of St. Francis to come to Jesus? Let's start praying. It's the most practical thing we can do. And it's so insanely powerful and such an insanely amazing experience. Every time we do it, we just take it for granted and it can fall on the back burner. Or we can get a warped idea that it's a performance and then it becomes a burden when God meant for it to be the most gigantic blessing in our lives. And today I feel like God is just wants to remind us of that. So my, I guess my last question is, do you pray first? Do you pray first? Now, what we're going to do to end the service today is we're going we're gonna to end by practicing. But Pastor Derek asked me to share a couple practical tips. So I, I do want to share those really quickly. And, and then, we'll, then we're going to end by practicing in prayer. So if you're like listening to this, you're like, oh man, I want to like, pray more, but where do I start? Let me just share this with you. It's kind of like Nike. You just do it, right? It's not a performance. You don't have to just do it all the right way. Like what's important is that we do pray. Like God is inviting us to that. Now I do think it's important to do it daily because a healthy relationship, a healthy relationship has regular communication, doesn't it? Right? And so when, and, and dude, prayer changes us more than it, oftentimes more than it changes anything else. And a lot of times I need to recenter. So I think it's important, even if it's five minutes, give yourself some time. Like, don't, it doesn't have to be six hours. God can do more in a moment than you can do in a lifetime. So at least let's give him a couple moments, right? And then I'd say this, pray throughout your day. When you, when you come face to face with stuff, pray about it. When you see somebody like that looks like they're struggling, pray silently for them, right? Like, like bring God into your day. Find out what works for you and do it. That's really, that's really the important step. And then I'll, I'll put up there on the screen, they're going to put up a, some different ways to pray. 
There's so many different ways to pray. The Bible, the Bible gives us so many examples. There's people that pray alone quietly. There's people that pray in corporate settings. There's people that, that pray long, long, elegant prayers. There's Nehemiah prays silently in his head. Like, there's so many examples. And, and that shows us that there's no one method that God's looking for. He's looking for your heart. There's, there's so many different ways to pray. I want to highlight two on here that I like to do. One is praying through scripture. When I don't know what to pray, oftentimes it can be great to pray through a scripture verse. Let me give you an example. In Psalm 23, 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. So if I read that verse, I can pray this. God, I thank you so much that you're my shepherd. God, I thank you that you care for me, that you provide for me, that you protect me, that you help me, that you like guide me when I get off course, that you discipline me when I need it. God, I, I know that I can trust you. Thank you so much. Lord, help me to not get stuck wanting all these other things because in you I have everything I need. God, help me to live that way. Right? When we, when we take the truth of Scripture and pray through it, it's powerful. And the, last, and the other one I'll highlight is this, is just listen. And a lot of us, like, we, we speak and speak and speak to God, but we never give Him a chance to speak back to us. Like I said, he can do more in a moment. There, there's been so many times I've been in prayer, 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 and I'm like chirping all my requests and complaints and whining to God. And then I'll stop for a second and God will just like say one sentence and it like recenters me. And I'm like, that's what I needed. You know, and usually it stings a little. I'm like, ah, oh, God, like, why would you say that? And he's like, because you need to hear it. <laughs> right? So those are just some practical tips. But in conclusion, prayer is a blessing not a burden because prayer is a relational connection with a God who loves you and wants to engage with every part of your life. So here's what we're going to do to end today. I'd like just everybody to stand just to kind of, you know, we've been sitting and listening and you'll have an opportunity to sit back down in a second if you want to. We're just going to spend five minutes in prayer. Five minutes in prayer. And so what we're going to do, we're going to take kind of the first half of it. We're just going to take some time and just pray whatever's on your heart did you come in with some struggles did you come in with difficulties did you want to thank god for things like whatever's on your heart let's take a couple minutes and pray and just say god like let's commune with him it's not a performance let's just connect with him and then for like the last minute or so i'm gonna i'm gonna get on the mic and i'm gonna say all right now we're gonna listen we're just gonna listen to see if god says something to us and he may or may not like you may get a thought or you may feel something in your heart or you might get like a scripture verse that pops in your head or maybe like like God will give you kind of like a mental picture of something. Those are ways that God speaks to us. And he may do it, he may not. Again, it's not about the results. It's about the relationship. Spending some time in prayer. God is inviting us to the blessing of a regular prayer life. And we're going to practice that this morning. So when I um, when I do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open us in prayer. We're going to take a couple minutes and do that. If you want to sit back down, that's okay. Um, if you want to like stay standing, that's that's fine. That's okay. If you want to like maybe step out, come to the altar, or walk, pace a little bit. That's like, whatever help you connect with God. Um, that's what we're gonna do. So let's let's just. I'm gonna open us in prayer. Lord, thank you, God, that you have opened the door for us to connect with you. God, you you want a relationship with all of us. How amazing is that? And then you you're so good. You said, "I'll listen to you when you pray. I'll hear you when you pray. I'll see you when you pray." And not only that, but God, the scripture is full of examples of you responding to people's prayers, of, of moving heaven and earth because people pray. God, there's so much power in that. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to lay down this idea of prayer being a performance or a burden. And I pray that instead that we'd see it as relationship and a blessing. So God, as we spend the next few minutes in prayer,
pray, God, that you would, you would help us, Lord, to just relax and enjoy this time with you. And then speak to us, I pray. All right, let's just take a couple minutes and pray. And then, in a, in, like I said, in a couple minutes, I'll get on and say, all right, we're going to listen. And then Pastor Riley will close us. I shared this in first service because I thought it was a specific word for somebody then. And I don't think it's a specific word for somebody now. But um, I think it's a good truth is the idea that maybe you didn't just hear something. You're like, oh, I was listening, but I didn't hear anything. But you felt the peace of God moving in your life. That's, that's okay. That's great. That's the gift that God has for you. Saying, just get in my presence and peace will fill you. Let's pray to close. Lord, I thank you, God, that you've opened the door for relationship with you. God, I may all of us see prayer as a blessing and not a burden. God, may we lean into knowing you more. Thank you, God. Bless us this week in your name. Amen. 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 Hey, we, we, we didn't do this first service, but I, I just want to continue in this, this attitude of prayer. Can, can we lift up the kinders in prayer real quick as, as they step into something kind of scary, step into a, a brand new city with three amazing little kids? And if, if you feel comfortable, stretch out your hand towards them. We're just going to lift them up. So God, this morning, we, we pray for the Kinzer family. God, as, as they're being obedient to the call you have on their life to, to impact 10,000 people in St. Joe's, God, I pray, God, First, that, that you just protect their family, God. God, bless their, their three amazing kids as, as they have to make new friends and step into new situations. God, I pray, God, that, that you just bless them. And God, I pray, God, that everywhere they, they put their foot, God, is ground that you are going to give them. So God, I pray, just favor every single day as, as they, man, as, as they're living out this call you have on their life. So God, go before them, God, so that that they can just see people come alive in St. Joe's. God, man, we're excited to hear everything you're doing through this amazing, amazing family. In your name, amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.